0: hello internet the morgan you know podcast network presents balls and brew
1: hello ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another edition of the flagship sports podcast here on the morgan you know podcasting network i am your affable host my name is rod morgan i am normally joined right now by the extremely talented executive producer of this podcast one james thomas jamriska but he is courier to a late night softball practice in the winter time i don't know i'm gonna go to the old man here on this we all love jimmy and we're not throwing any aspersions here but chris that sounded awful fishy to me here in january jimmy
0: is the boss I have to defer to his judgment. If it is winter softball league in central Indiana, who am I to say that that is something that does not exist?
1: All right. Well, that's, that's the old man's take on it. Jimmy is not here with us this week, but he is expertly producing this podcast and getting it out to you people. But what you want from this podcast is information from our football handicapper. He's our guy. He's studying the numbers. He knows the referees that are going to be in the game. I guarantee you don't know the names of the referees that are going to be in the game but our guy Josh Williams over there in South Bend does Josh hello
2: What's up boys we we finally got off the schneid a little bit uh last week we hit a prop we hit a prop we hit uh under 15 and a half rushing attempts for Rashad White as absurd as that sounds but yeah he only had nine carries and uh, that was that was a breezer we were I was due for a a breezer of a of a pick here so I was I was on a little bit of a sour note Going into these playoffs here, so it was good to good good to get a win there. So oh, you let's were let's quick keep it rolling. Uh, you were quick to hit the group thread and uh, crow <laughs> yeah. about your yes. uh, your hit of the
1: prop. So <laughs> Rashad White, yes, I was quite proud of you there. We will get to all the ins and outs, and Chris and I will at least have cojones enough to make a pick for the Super Bowl. We'll see if Williams will do that or not. Maybe he'll get emboldened as he goes along and gives us his information. But we need to start with the NFL coaching carousel we have Antonio Pierce no longer the interim coach he will be the head coach of the Raiders we have Brian Callahan who I believe came from the Bengals am I right about that Mr. Williams
2: yep that's correct
1: and he is now the coach of the Tennessee Titans Dave Canales is now the coach of the Panthers he came from the Buccaneers is that correct yeah the defensive coordinator all right this one surprised me. I didn't even know that this had happened, but Mr. Williams informed me that Raheem Morris has been named coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Good for Raheem, getting another shot. That's great. But the I think one- I got that wrong, Rod. I don't think he was the defensive coordinator. I was wrong on that, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, offensive,
2: offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah,
0: Morris is the defensive coordinator from the Rams who went to the
1: Falcons. Correct. He would coach the Bucks back or probably a little too early in his career. Good to see him getting a second shot. A lot of people like his resume after his workout in Los Angeles. We'll see. Could be good things for him, but the hire that I believe everyone will want to talk about. This man's name was dropped by our guy Jimmy during the year as maybe coming back home to Chicago. The Bears have ultimately stuck with Eberflus, so it didn't happen there. But, Mr. Williams, I believe there might have been a couple of times where you thought this man who landed in San Diego slash Los Angeles was the perfect hire, and it became official. Harbaugh leaving Ann Arbor, Michigan and going to San Diego, the easiest Career choice in the history of the world to make, according to our guy, the resident couch potato, Pete Osterman, Mr. Williams. What do you think about it?
2: Yeah, Harbaugh to the Chargers. We, <laughs> I don't think it was a, it was like a minus three fifty as, as, as what somebody might have said earlier today. And maybe after the Raiders hired Pierce, because I, I always thought it was down between the Chargers and the Raiders. Um, he had hired the same agent as brady and we know brady's got uh some stake in the raiders there and and harbaugh's wife is from vegas so we thought that could be a possibility but uh what made the most sense to me was was uh harbaugh teaming up with with herbert the best quarterback out of all these eight teams and and developing a team from there and uh they needed a culture shock anyway how many times have we come on here and said the chargers have all the talent in the world they just don't have any uh drive they don't have the right leadership and uh, you can say what you want about Harbaugh. I, I mean, I never thought he was going to go to the Bears because he didn't get along with Kevin Warren, who was the old Big Ten commissioner. And that's the thing with Harbaugh, man. It's like he's a fantastic, fantastic coach, but like he's a little prickly, man. He's he's just got a weird uh, sense about him. And uh, look, if you go if you go back and look at the San Fran record when he when he took them to almost uh, three straight Super Bowls, he did, he did take them to three straight NFC Championship games, like. They didn't really get rid of him because he couldn't coach. He they got rid of him because Trent Belke and him couldn't coexist, and and that's the thing there. So we'll see if it works. I, I think I think you're going to see immediate um, uh, success with the Chargers right away. But whether or not his message goes awry later on is is another question uh, in and of itself.
1: All right, Chris. Let me ask you this: We've seen harbaugh's track record williams spoke about how it's a resume and we can talk about his personality quirks all the time here but that's not really what we do on this podcast so i'm gonna ask you this question san diego boom got him to be a pretty darn good proven winner by san diego standards stanford got them to be a pretty darn good winner by their standards came to san francisco williams just gave you the stats there went to michigan won a national championship how quick will jim harbaugh turn around the cursed san diego chargers as you like to talk about all the time on this podcast I'm going to have to see it to believe it, Rod.
0: I'm sorry. And, like, really, right now it is put up or shut up if you are the Chargers. Herbert is supposed to be a future Hall of Famer-type quarterback. He's supposed to have all this talent in the world. If he can't get it done now, what is the next excuse? How are the Chargers going to charge her up this next season? there will be a way we may not realize it until it's too late but, but there's probably going to be a way
1: so how much call is a uh, hardball going to have out there in san diego mr williams help me out a little bit here is there still a gm in place is a new gm going to be coming in that's Harbaugh friendly like how's all that going to work because you just spelled out how it's tough to get along with jim we know that the san diego i keep saying san diego the los angeles chargers owner is a little bit you know, kind of hands off. He's not a real let-me-get-involved-in-football-matters kind of guy. So who's going to be running the show out there? Because that might keep Harbaugh around a little bit longer than you talked about. He burns bright and then goes.
2: Yeah, I haven't heard anything about, about the GM. I assume it's going to be um, somebody else. I, I don't think that they would give full ownership to him. But I, I don't know. They are going – it hasn't gotten out yet, but I assume that he's that Spano's finally – cut a big check to to get hardball and that was one of the reasons why maybe he wasn't such a huge favorite to go to the chargers because we didn't think that spanos would actually divvy out the money and actually get land him but uh yeah that's that's to be seen i mean i I think he's gonna he, he has turned around programs uh quickly and so and when you think about justin herbert he's had arguably the three worst coaches like in this last decade going back to college Mario Cristobal for <laughs> used to coach at Oregon he is f- terrible absolutely terrible and then they had, then they had Anthony Lynn and then he had Brandon Staley so going from those three guys to Jim Harbaugh is a huge huge massive upgrade and we know Harbaugh likes to uh draft offensive linemen he likes to work on both lines right away and, I mean, that's that's a great way to improve this team. And this team needs toughness, too. So, uh, we'll see where he goes in the draft. But I think the sky's the limit with, with the Chargers. Finally, finally the Chargers did something right, it seems like.
1: I forgot Anthony Lynn existed. That was a complete name from the past there when you were running Ter- down that. I forgot. I was definitely – he's certainly not any better than any of the other coaches the Chargers have had. You know, your Marty Schottenheimer. We saw him try and fail out there in San Diego. You know I mean? The list goes on and on of guys that just couldn't quite – get it done. Chris, let me ask you this. Let's move off of Harbaugh. We could talk about him for days. Pierce, Callahan, Canales, Morris. Which one of those moves the needle for you the most? Which one of those do you think is going to have a positive effect on their team? Callahan and Tennessee.
0: I think you're going to see a completely different type of offense in Tennessee, and that means more uh, competition for our Indianapolis Colts. So I'm good. Looking... I don't want to hear about that. I know, but that's what moves the needle most for me. All right, is that's they're good. getting a great offensive coordinator. Like, look what he was able to do without Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, he certainly had that backup looking pretty good. Williams, I'll ask you the same question. Hopefully, you'll give me a different answer. Pierce. Yeah, I'm going to make you give me a different answer. Pierce, Canalis, Raheem Morris. Which one of those three you think moves the needle the most for the squad?
2: I would definitely not say Canales. <laughs> he was pretty terrible with Tampa Bay and that that even he that nobody nobody wants the job, right? Nobody nobody ran more on first and second down and then passed on third down. So nobody was pretty much more predictable than Dave Canales was. That's what made Baker's season all that much more impressive is that Baker did that without a great OC. Now Canales did have a a little bit better playoff with with Philly. And he did call some good plays against Detroit, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would go with Mahoris or with Raheem Morris just because uh seems like seems like everyone says that he's ready for his second chance and he has put some he's put together some really good defensive game plans. Um but the man, the Raiders guys love Pierce. The the I mean, Crosby was talking about like retiring or like you you better trade me if you don't bring back Pierce. So I don't don't think we've ever
1: seen uh, players go to bat for a coach quite like they went to bat for Pierce. So it'd be interesting to see if that parlays anything for the Raiders. The last uh, time was when IU men's
0: basketball team came out in support of Mike Williams to replace Bobby Knight.
1: Mike Davis, Mike, right? Mike Davis.
0: I, yes, Mike Davis. Yeah. My bad.
1: Can't yeah. believe you blew a Hoosier stat. Good lord! You should just, you should just excuse yourself. The rest of the podcast, you just blew a Hoosier stat on this, and you call yourself. I'm Blue so David ashamed. Collins. I really <laughs> am. I really am.
2: Got us to the 2002 national championship game. I
1: was gonna say it went pretty well for for a couple years, and then it went all uh, all wrong there. Uh, I'm gonna say this about Dave Canales. Congratulations, my friend. You are an NFL coach. There's only 32 of those jobs available, but You got the job for the Panthers because nobody wanted to work for David Tepper. All right? So Godspeed to you, my friend. Godspeed to you, my friend. And let's see what you can do with that quarterback. Enough! Most of these teams are terrible. We think San Diego might be a little bit better next year. Let's move on to the meat. The meat of NFL Conference Championship Weekend. Two matchups. Supposedly the four best teams. And you know what? We kind of got there. The Lions had a pretty darn good record. We talked about them all year long as being one of the better teams in the NFC. Here they are. We knew the Niners were one of the best teams in the NFC. Here they are. The Chiefs are the defending champions. They're back, and the Ravens have been rolling for a long time. So we get four heavy hitters, conference championship weekend. We start in the AFC because that will be the first game that will hit your television airways. The number one seed, Baltimore Ravens, host the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending champions. Kelsey rolling into town. His shirtless brother rolling into town. Taylor Swift rolling into town. The circus comes to Baltimore. Chris, are you excited for this game?
0: Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for both of these games. But yeah,
1: I've been I've been a Lamar
0: Jackson fan for a while now, as the listeners know. So I am pumped. I am ready to see Lamar like get past this hump, get into the Super Bowl for the first time.
1: Mr. Williams, if I asked you, which game are you more excited for? Don't give us any of your handicapper stuff yet, but if I ask you, which game are you more excited for? Is it this one or the other one?
2: I, I think it's the other one, actually. I I think it's the other one. Just Just to see the Detroit Lions playing in the NFC Championship game. It's all is- about
0: Shanahan. Don't fool us.
2: <laughs> it's really weird. It's really weird to see the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship. I'm, I'm happy for those fans. And I this love is... all the uh,
1: the memes that we're seeing out there on Twitter where it's like uh, the eight-mile shot, right, where it's like Eminem with the three dudes in the car rolling up in the Impala, and it's like Detroit rolling up to the NFC Championship game. That makes me laugh every time.
2: That is awesome. Yeah. All right,
1: let's go back to the other game, though, and get your breakdown here, Mr. Williams, before Chris and I will definitely make a pick. We'll see if you have uh, stones enough to make a pick this week, but what do you got for us breakdown-wise?
2: Yeah, when the Ravens have faced teams that were at least three games over five hundred this season, they're 6-0 straight up, 6-0 against the spread. They are annihilating those teams by a combined 221 points to 64. This team has gotten up for big games. The the Ravens did not allow Houston to get past the 27-yard line in that game. Remember, the touchdown that the Houston Texans scored was a special teams touchdown. So the, the Texans' offense never made it into the red zone all game long. And this is a big, you know, underreported injury here for the Chiefs. Joe Tooney is the number one graded pass blocking guard in all of football per PFF. It doesn't sound like he's going to play in this game. And the Chiefs D is 27th in DVOA versus the run. The Ravens D leads the league in sacks. Um, we talked about how good Baltimore is in the first half this year. Lamar 13 and four this year against the spread in the first half. He's 51, 29 and two against the spread in the first halves. Hardball is 160, uh, 110 against the spread in the first halves. The Ravens have not lost back-to-back first halves against the spread yet this season, and they did not cover last week in the first half. So that's a good omen for him this week. That's actually my best bet of the week, Rod. It's my best Uh-oh. playoff bet of the week. Ravens minus 2.5, minus 120 in the first half on MGM oh. is the best juice. <laughs> I know Come you're going to be Chip
1: Weekend, and you're coming out with another half-game bet. Come on, Williams.
2: Listen man, that's that's the best that I found here. All right. Uh, the Ravens have the highest rated weighted DVOA of any team since 1980, and 11 of those top 13 teams in that category went on to play in the Super Bowl.
1: All right, he likes that. Chris, let me uh let me flip over it and ask you this. We didn't talk much about last week's game. The the games they'll come up a little bit here, but uh you're a Buffalo Bills fan right now. What are you feeling? If that were cursed just like the Chargers
0: it's wide right coming back to haunt us
1: 30 years later the ghost of scott norwood <laughs> it's a bummer man i like i you know I, I i find myself like i really only pull for the colts and i pay attention to the nfl like all of us do but i was a little bit heartbroken for bill's fans i kind of like josh allen what more do we want from the guy like williams you can't put that loss on Josh Allen, right? Like, we hear an awful lot about Josh can't win the big game, but you can't put that on him, can you?
2: No, man. He was awesome in that game. And going into it, I mean, they they were down seven defensive players, and five of them were key starters. Two of them were, were subs. And I, I don't even really think you can put that on Bass. I feel bad for Bass, but, like... Who says that they're going to stop Mahomes with a minute 47 left? Listen,
1: Nance did him no favors, though. I mean, come on. That little soliloquy Nance laid down about the coaches are behind him. You know, they know he missed a couple of kicks last week, but they said they have all the confidence in the world that he's going to come out and make another big kick for us. And then he just shanks it like 10 seconds after Nance says that.
2: And I don't know about you, but I I don't know if you guys – to me, it it felt like they were – they, they were changing their play calls on that last drive to not let Kansas City get the ball back. I'm like, dude, just keep on being aggressive, man. Just if you, it's better to score a touchdown. Prevent offense. We've
1: heard that term come up a little bit this year in the NFL. We heard it's a prevent offense, right? We, Chris, you oh. talk all the time. Prevent defense prevents you from winning. It sounds like we now have prevent offense prevents you from winning.
0: Yeah. Anytime you try to prevent something from happening, chances are that's going to happen.
1: Astute, astute stuff from our guy Chris right there. All right, Williams, what do you got on the Chiefs side?
2: Yeah, the the Chiefs struggle to defend runs out of heavy formations. They also struggle to defend plays off of play action. And what team uses a lot of heavy formations and play action? I mean, it's uh, you don't have to be a, a scientist, a mad scientist, to get, to figure out that's the Ravens. The Ravens are top five in EPA when throwing off of play action. And when you use play action on early downs against the Chiefs, they are 30th in success rate D allowed. And when you don't use play action against the Chiefs, they're number two in completion rate allowed. So, yeah, 52% of the handle is on Baltimore here, even higher number of money for Baltimore at 67%, backing the Ravens at minus 3.5 for the full game. And, I mean, you think it's nice to have some home cooking. Only 33% of the Ravens' defensive pass interference calls have come at home this season. That's kind of amazing. Wow! And Sean Smith is the head ref in this game. There we his, are. His his crew ranks second in the NFL for defensive PI calls per game, so that's an interesting you know side plot there. The side judge and the field judge are from Brad Rogers' crew and Carl Cheffer's crew. So this is kind of like an all star crew. But my guy Chef.
1: Those- my guy Chef. Love my guy Chef.
2: Those two specific crews combined to call 78% of their defensive PI calls on the road team this season. That is by far the two highest percentages for any of the crews this season. The Ravens D ranks first at generating false starts on opponents when playing at home. And remember, the Chiefs are going to have a backup guard in there trying to protect Mahomes versus this well schemed up stunning defense that Mike McDonald has in the Ravens. And oh, yeah, by the way, this is the first home conference championship game in Baltimore since 1971. Those fans are gonna be going crazy. Remember when the when the Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2000 2012, those were all on the road. So they have not hosted a conference championship game since nineteen seventy. Ever as the
1: Ravens. Like let's just go ahead right. and say that. They've not yeah. hosted one as the Ravens.
2: That was the Colts back then. That was Johnny U. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this uh, those those fans are gonna be going insane. They certainly will
1: be. It'll be rather cold, but the Chiefs have some experience with cold. Chris, you heard the breakdowns from our guy, the handicapper, right there. I'm going to you first. Who's winning and representing the AFC in the Super Bowl? Baltimore
0: Ravens, and it's just because I believe in their offense more than I believe in the Chiefs' offense.
1: Nice. All right. Short, sweet to the point. Williams clearly doesn't want to make a pick, but I will come on here and tell you right now that similarly to the way I handle my business on the Yeah We Know in the ring with me, Jimmy and Chris Wrestling Podcast, if you have not bet against Roman Reigns for basically the last three and a half years, you've never been wrong. I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Give me the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Mr. Taylor Swift himself figuring out a way to get it down somehow. And you know what? I just keep remembering in the back of my mind how absolutely fantastic that play that the Chiefs almost pulled off versus Buffalo when Tony was called for offsides. So I still have that in the back of my mind. And Andy Reid is the king of the trick play. I just see Mahomes, Reid, Kelsey, pulling something out of their butt and getting it done. And Kansas city goes back to the super bowl with the chance to win. Williams, am I wrong that you actually want to make a pick for the people or should we move on?
2: I'll uh, let's, uh, let's go out on a limb. I think this Ravens defense matches up really well with this Kansas city offense. I think this is a watered down version of the chiefs. I think they beat up on an extremely banged up defense in Miami an extremely banged up defense in Buffalo I think their run comes to an end here. I think Baltimore not only beats the Chiefs, I don't think it's close. Wow. All right. I stand alone.
1: Who knows which way Jimmy would go. It's probably better for both teams' fan bases that Jimmy's actually not on here making a pick. Things usually tend to go against our guy, Jimmy Jamrisco, when he gets out his crystal ball. So you're welcome, Ravens fans. You're welcome, Chiefs fans. Let's move on to the second game of the day, the one that Mr. Williams said might end up being the surprise better game. Lions, Niners, Williams, your guy, Shanahan, you've been waiting for this all year. Here we go.
2: Yeah. The Niners have faced the Lions 21 times in the last 40 years. They're 18-3 and in that time span. They've won 13 straight home games against Detroit. The last Detroit quarterback to win in San Francisco was a guy by the name of Joe Reed, who beat a guy named Steve Spurrier all the way back, hey. all the way back in 1975. I've heard of the old ball coach. Detroit hasn't won in San Francisco since 1975, but the Niners have not covered the spread at home in their last six games. We should say that they're favored by seven here. There's some spots where it's bet up to seven and a half. And uh, will Debo play or not? That's that's kind of the the major question here. When Debo gets two targets or fewer. The Niners have lost four out of their last five games when that happens. Debo leads the Niners in targets and receptions this season when they are leading. And when Debo starts and finishes this season, they're 12 and 1 straight up, 10-3 against the spread compared to when he misses or doesn't finish. He's they're one and four straight up or 0-5 oh against the spread. Goff has lost five straight versus the Niners. He's played against the Shanahan-led Niners team four times out in San Fran. Goff's offenses in those games have averaged over 32 points per game. So that's some some good notes for for Detroit there. This is the first playoff matchup in NFL history where a number one overall pick is taking on the very last pick in a draft. That's that's something interesting too. Uh, The Lions are the only NFC team to never have reached the Super Bowl. They're looking for their first road playoff win since 1957. They've lost 11 straight road playoff games.
1: 57, Chris, you'd already done retired from your first job in insurance sales by that point when the Lions won their first playoff game.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was that was a cold winter. 57, I remember (laughs) it was not fun.
1: Chris, your Lions, are you worried about your Lions and a little bit of we're proud and happy to already be here? Where are you at right now going into this game?
0: If there is a single coach out there that can make sure his team isn't complacent or happy about where they're at, it would be Dan Campbell. All right. That guy isn't giving up or slowing down or stopping or listening to reason. You know, listen, it's the Lions. You better put on a diaper because it's going to be a crazy ride.
1: You're definitely right about that, my friend. Glad to know that you are excited. Mr. Williams, you got any more nuggets to drop on us before Chris and I make a pick?
2: Yeah, the Lions is the first team since the 2013 Broncos to have four different players score at least 10 touchdowns, so they're a pretty well-balanced offense. The problem is their defense. The Lions D, the 28th, 28th since Week 15 in EPA per dropback, they've allowed 31% of passes to travel 10 yards. This could be a big game for Kittle. The Lions have struggled versus tight ends. This could also be a big game for Ayuk because the Lions have struggled versus perimeter wide receivers. And the, the last eight one seeds in both conferences, they've underperformed their team total in the divisional round. So that was last week by an average of over three points per game, maybe because of the bye. But they've outperformed their team total in the conference championship game in that same time frame by an average of over three points per game. Detroit's getting 51% of the handle, but 65% of the money is on San Fran minus 7. And Cleet Blakeman is refing this game. Lastly here, home teams are 10-6 and on the money line with him this year. The Niners are 4-0 straight up with Blakeman since 2019. I think Detroit has to stabilize the running game. They have to get Gibbs going. Um, Hutchinson has to be an all-out wrecker on defense for Detroit to have a chance here. What, what hampers Detroit, honestly, is it sounds like the weather is going to be awesome. And we've seen Purdy's three worst games have all come in the rain. Um, where his hand size, we, we've had some combine hand size come up, Rod, with with Purdy's <laughs> small hands can't handle the ball in the rains. But this is supposed to be like 70, 70 degrees or something and, and no wind in San Fran. So I don't know. This is, this is a, outdoors, too. This is a tough ask for Detroit here.
1: Yeah, Chris, I'll go ahead and go here. I uh, I called the Lions a team of destiny a couple of weeks back, and I'm not going against it, all right? I'm not going against it. I understand San Francisco's big and mighty, and if Shanahan has his starting quarterback, he makes the Super Bowl, right? I've, I've heard all of those stats, but give me the lions all right there's vomit on his sweater already it's mom spaghetti let's go baby all right eminem marshall mathers kid rock bob seeger motown let's line them all up all the detroit luminaries ted nugent let's get them all out there line them up for the super bowl detroit's going chris your thoughts
0: there is nothing that makes me happier than to here you sit here and hear you say that you are out there rooting for the lions to succeed. It has been two long years of promoting. This as one of the most exciting teams in the NFL. And finally the world is getting to see what these lions are capable of. It's not, it's not, you know, my generation's lions. All right. Okay. (laughs) It's, it's a different type, but unfortunately, Rod, I don't, Let's just say I know that the Lions are not going to win. All right. And, dog.
1: I'm standing alone on both of these games. We were dogs. Told, you guys are afraid. You guys are scared. It's like the player, which project I'm out there out in the forest. Hands, looking around. Rod. You guys are standing in the room.
0: It is out of our hands. Rod. Listen, the NFL made this decision. They told us this decision. All right. They showed oh, us months doing, you're, ago.
1: You're I told you not to do this. And you're all doing right.
0: It. When they released the NFL Super Bowl logo, they're telling you what teams are making it in. All right. Two years ago, Bengals and the Rams. No one thought that was going to be the Super Bowl. Colors told us otherwise. The colors were right, Rod. Uh, And then the Eagles and the Chiefs. Maybe you could have thought the Chiefs would make it, but no one thought the Eagles. But they had green in that Super Bowl logo for some reason. This year, it's purple and red. All right. It's going to be the Ravens and the 49ers. The NFL has told us this is what it's going to be. I will be routine for the lions and I will eat some crow next week. If the lions win. No, no,
1: this is ridiculous. You don't get to eat crow. You don't get a root for the lions. Your pass is revoked. All right. The governor oh. of Michigan, governor Whitmer has came out right now and you're no longer allowed up there. She's hearing this out of you. You come on here and you try to say how you've been trying to fire up the bus for them. And then you cut their legs out from underneath them. That's terrible to you, Chris. You better not show your face in Michigan. Williams. <laughs> are you going to make a pick here?
2: Yeah. I will say one thing that Detroit has going for it and you guys are not going to believe what, what I'm about to say is if there is one criticism and I think it's a huge criticism of my guy Shanahan is that he is way too conservative in certain spots. He, I was yelling at the TV last week on the third and two call and he, and, and he did the same thing that Buffalo was trying to do. He was trying to, uh, possess the ball long enough so the Packers wouldn't get it and so he would get it back I get the middle eight strategy but it's just like you have the best offensive weapons in the league don't act like the third and two is like third and 15 I mean go for it and that's one thing that Detroit will do Detroit will be playing Dan Campbell will be playing so aggressive he could go for it like fourth and six from his own 32 in this game I mean, I'm not kidding. Like they've got nothing to lose. And when you add that variance into the game, I think that that could help the lions here. If they, if they convert on fourth down and also What did I tell you last week? Green Bay got got the toss. I'm not sure who won the toss, but Green Bay got the ball first, and they went down and kicked the field goal. What do you
1: mean you're not sure who won the toss? You told us all we were supposed to pay attention. How do you not know? You're
2: supposed to pay attention. All I know is that Green Bay got the ball, and so maybe I was right on the if Green Bay gets it, they will get the ball. That's what Detroit should do. If Detroit wins the toss, they should take the ball. Wait a minute. Are they you should picking take the, the
1: Lions here? Are you picking the Lions here? I
2: am not. I'm just okay. telling you. I'm like, telling... You're about to get kicked out of
1: California. You've been driving the 49ers bus for longer than Chris been driving the Lions bus. And I thought you were about to cut their legs out.
2: I'm telling you, this is how Detroit stays in this game. This is how they pull off the upset. They take the ball. They go down and run down San Fran's throat. Now you make San Fran play from behind. We've seen that. Maybe Debo isn't 100%. And then, then then Detroit's got a chance. Hutchinson comes around the corner with some sacks. So All right. that's how you do it. So the but,
1: undertones of what you're saying here is if Debo Samuel plays for San Francisco, Detroit's in even more trouble. I think it, that's what we're hearing from you.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's going you know I hate laying points with the favorites, but I think the two favorites here cover I'm way, way more way more confident actually in the Ravens covering than San Fran.
1: All right. There you have it, folks. NFL Conference Championship weekend will be in the books after this Sunday. We will get our guy Williams back next week to chop up those games and to go over the Super Bowl. The cool props. I don't know. We'll have a little while actually before the Super Bowl. So who knows what we'll do. Maybe next week we'll give out some awards. I don't know. Our producer, Jimmy Jamriska, will be back next week. We'll have something special for you NFL-wise. Chris and I are going to attempt to run a pick and roll. On the uh, NBA fast break, we can't really run a three-man weave without our guy Jimmy Jamriska. And uh, Williams, no matter how much we begged him, still refuses to talk about the round ball. So we will say goodbye to him, and I will do my best to try to run the fast break on the other side. All right, welcome to the fastest 15 minutes in the NBA. I am not... James Thomas Jamriska I am Rod Morgan I am filling in for Jimmy this week but we will still be talking about basketball joining me to do so my guy down there in North Carolina Chris King Chris hello welcome back to the fast break I don't think you actually technically left but I still would like to welcome you in here to the fast break yeah and you welcome me back from the wrong state too. I am back
0: in Indiana now
1: the fast break I'm all out of sorts Chris
0: Well, listen, this is going to have to be a fast break. I mean, the NBA is doing everything they can to keep relevant when it's NFL playoff season.
1: They sure are. This Thursday evening, when we record a little while ago, they released the starters for both the Eastern and Western Conference. Not a whole lot of surprises, but Chris, why don't you go ahead and run down who made it to the all-star starters in the East. All right, on the East, we
0: have guards Tyrese Halliburton and Damian Lillard. And our three forwards are Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, and Giannis Antetokounmpo.
1: So I think all we talked about that those four were going to be a lock, and then we kind of thought Dame would probably win the fan vote. So anything to say whatsoever about those five being named in the East?
0: The only thing I think you – I really think – there's a case to be made for Tyrese Maxey or even Jalen Brunson for that other guard spot instead of. I'm with you on
1: Brunson. The New York Knicks fans should be ashamed of themselves. And Knicks, if I wasn't more mad about something else, you'd be getting lined up in the crosshairs for rod rodimation. You're the biggest city in america you're supposed to be one of the biggest fan bases and you can't get your guy jalen brunson more votes than trey young or tyrese maxi or damian lillard i understand lillard's been a star for a little bit longer but milwaukee you can't get more votes than milwaukee come on new york you should be (laughs) right yourselves. yeah all right chris Um, how about the west who's it who's starting out in the west the west
0: our guards are luca donich uh sga our front courts lebron james Nikolai Jokic and Kevin Durant.
1: Old guys starting in the front court for the Western Conference other than Jokic, but LeBron starting his 20th straight all-star game. Chris, that is amazing.
0: Yeah, and listen, it's it's also pretty amazing what he's doing at 38, 39 years old, all right? like I know the Lakers aren't performing great right now, but it's, it's not because LeBron's not producing for Los Angeles, right?
1: This is not a ceremonial start. No, I mean, certainly he's going to get a huge you know, portion of the fan votes, but this is not a ceremonial start. He still was in the top three among the front court amongst players, and he still was in the top three of the front court amongst the coaches. So this is this is not celebration for LeBron James. The guy's still averaging 24-7-7, seven and seven, which is basically the LeBron James' his entire career. And oh yeah, by the way, like Chris mentioned, he's 39 years old, all right? And he's still doing this. Kevin Durant's only a few years younger, even though he seems a few years older. The uh, injuries over the last couple of years and the absolute wear and tear on KDB and the only player on his team that ever shows up to play from night to night is wearing him down a little bit, Chris, but he's still an all-star.
0: Yeah, he is. And listen, it's, I've never said this dude doesn't have all the talent in the world and when he wants to to take over and he has to produce for his team because his other teammates usually aren't there, then he gets it done at an efficient rate. Like he's putting up all-star numbers. There's no reason. And he's one of the most popular basketball players in the world too.
1: Luca absolutely deserves to be on the all-star team. And so does SGA. So I don't think there's any questions out there in the backcourt, but do you let think, me, let me ask you like something Kawhi real Leonard, quick. I'm the host here, Chris. Do you think a guy like Kawhi Leonard or Anthony Davis has a beef about not being a starter? Or do you think they made the right call in the front court?
0: Listen, I think there is a legitimate, case for leonard to be on this starting lineup all right dudes missed what one game this year i think and that's it and he's about as efficient and lockdown defending as he's ever been since well when he was at his peak in toronto so i definitely think if you want to go by this year i think you have to make room for him on the front court maybe instead of durant or even lebron
1: All right, now I am a good host. You were about to ask me a question. I I will allow that question here.
0: Do you not disagree with SGA as the starter for the West? I believe you voted for somebody else. Did you not? Or do you not want to?
1: Oh, no, I did. I voted for Steph Curry. I have no no qualms in saying that I voted for Steph Curry. Steph Curry is still a star, and I like star power, and I believe that we should all still bow at the feet of Steph Curry, right? Like he's off a little bit this year based on some of his – stats in the past but again he's carrying golden state he's got nobody on that team with him at times, so i still rewarded steph curry but i have no problem with sga being in the all-star game he is an absolute monster two straight years he's got the most 30 point games by anybody in the NBA this year. So, I mean, when you can say that kind of stat, you deserve to be in the All-Star.
0: Yeah, and he's going to start making a legit case for MVP consideration, at least to be mentioned in the conversation. Well,
1: I mean, he's going to have to split votes with Chet Holmgren, who everybody keeps telling me is just the greatest player since sliced bread. So, I mean, you know, do you think that's going to factor in? No, because Chet's up for Rookie of the Year. I'm being tongue-in-cheek. We're not talking about that. Here's what we are going to talk about, though. The Milwaukee Bucks. Who we've mentioned a time or two is kind of the listless on this podcast, maybe not seeming like the stronghold for a championship run like they have been in the years past. Even though they were 30 and 13, Chris, they fired Adrian Griffin. The guy had won four of his last five games. He won the night before they fired him. Were you surprised by this or did you kind of think it was coming? No, I was shocked.
0: And I'm still a little bit surprised. I know there's a lot of stuff going on being said out there and everything. I, I saw some quotes that were, I thought was from Giannis, but then I also seen other quotes about Giannis being surprised about his firing. So, I mean, who knows? It's unprecedented. I mean, it's happened what, maybe one other time you could point to in the well, history. David Blatt.
1: Everybody keeps pointing to, but Blatt had coached the team for a year prior, right? Yeah, he had been coach for a year, and then they fired him. Adrian Griffin. <laughs> this is his first ever job, and he was thirty and four thirty and thirteen, and they're like, "Not good enough, chump."
0: Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So, <clears throat> either, either Giannis knew and and made it be known that this was going to have to happen. Or they just knew Giannis. I don't know. Some It's not adding up to me still. I'm shocked. I don't know if Doc Rivers is the right way to go. I think they should have hired Stotts back.
1: Yeah, Stotts might have been okay. Uh, Stotts isn't much of a defensive guy. Rivers not really much of a defensive guy either, but you'd hope that the defense steps up a little bit with Doc Rivers. I mean, Terry Stotts just has no defensive stats whatsoever to speak of. I mean, his teams were terrible all those years in Portland with Dame. So, well, listen, they got they got a coach that isn't great on
0: defense and they gave up defense to get Dame anyway. All right. So, you're not addressing a need that you think your team has even though they're winning 70 plus percent of their games. Uh, you don't go out and get a coach that has a winning percentage on on playoff closeout games (laughs) all right that's not a good coaching record to have to be brought in to turn a team around to get over that finish line
1: let me ask you this all right I'm not here to be Doc Rivers number one supporter all right but that stat gets thrown out all the time okay and there's still a little bit that should be given to Doc Rivers for being able to make it to that many different games that matter, okay? That means you have a lot of teams that are always in the running and you're playing big-time playoff series. Now, again, I'm not making excuses for him. You need to win more of those games than he has. But last time I checked, Doc Rivers doesn't saddle up a pair of sneakers and get out there on the court, all right? So you can't put everything that happens in those games on Doc. One of those teams that blew a huge lead had Ben Simmons on it, Chris. We haven't seen Ben Simmons play basketball in a long time. You really want to try to put what happened in that game on Doc Rivers?
0: I mean, that's you're talking about one game. And I'm not even talking about like win or go home games. These are closeout games. These are games that if they win, they move He's forward. He's not the world's
1: most perfect coach, but what he is is a coach that all players respect. And with the situation Milwaukee has put themselves in right now where players were mutinying against the coach, where guys were throwing their weight around and saying, no, you don't get to tell me what to do. This is what I'm going to do. That's not going to happen with doc rivers, right? It's just not going to happen with doc rivers. The guys are going to like doc doc's going to come in. He's going to keep the ship on the wheel and the bucks are going to have something to say about it in the Eastern conference playoffs. Now, I don't know that doc puts them over the hump, which is why you would make a move like this, but doc certainly stabilizes. You got to give him that.
0: I mean, if, if they're not going to respect doc rivers, who are they going to respect? I mean, you're, you're, right about that like and so now it really comes down is milwaukee going to actually go out and actually play now are the players going to respond are they going to do what they need to do
1: without having another excuse Well, we've heard a lot about the bucks this week we've heard a lot about the celtics all year long joel and scored 70 points at one point this week for the philadelphia 76ers to keep them right up there at the top of the east and then the miami heat were like hey Don't forget us down here in Miami heat culture. They shipped out Kyle Lowry and a 2027 lottery protected first round pick to the Charlotte Hornets for scary Terry Rozier. Chris, your thoughts on the trade.
0: I think this is probably the best thing that could happen for Terry Rozier. Um, I know he was kind of a fan favorite here in Charlotte. He's been here for a few years. Look at um, that.
1: You just did it to yourself. You scolded me mm, earlier for saying where you are. You're not in Charlotte anymore.
0: I know. I, I wasn't ever in Charlotte either. So,
1: <laughs> but I
0: think this does nothing. I mean, listen, this kid has a career high in points this year and assists in his six. And a half assist per game would lead Miami if he had played for them all year, too. So I think this is exactly what Miami needs. I think this is a great fit. I think this is another team in the East trying to bolster up for this playoff push. Everybody wants to get in that top six, Rod.
1: Yeah, Chris, well, you know what? I have some thoughts for you about this trade. But before I give you thoughts on those trade, I'm going to need Jimmy to go ahead and hit my music. We have to, have to, have to do something about this situation. The momentum is dying. I don't understand no more distractions. But I do believe we should all follow one path in life, hubris and ego and pride. Sorry, all that was a complete lie. All right, so Terry Rozier goes to the Miami Heat, and instantly my first thought is, Man, I'm completely angry about this. Of course, the Heat ship away somebody on their team that's doing absolutely nothing for them, and they get the perfect player to come down to Miami. They're getting a guy who does not think he's better than Bam Adebayo, who does not think he's better than Jimmy Butler. He is completely ready to come down and be the third most important player on that team, sometimes fourth if Tyre hero is hot. Chris said it earlier, six and a half assists ready to play some defense. He's got a huge spine for hitting huge shots in the playoffs. And Chris, do you remember who he developed that resume of hitting huge shots in the playoffs for? None other than my Boston Celtics. So I'm completely angered by this because I am so sure now that Terry Rozier is going to hit a dagger shot for the Miami Heat in the playoffs, and they're going to beat the Celtics again. And I'm going to be absolutely freaking out Because Joe Mazzula will ultimately lose to Eric Spolster again, and it will be because of Terry Rogier. Chris, so my Rod nation this week is the Miami Heat for doing it again. Darn it!
0: They have proven year after year how shrewd of an organization they are. They know what they need, they know the pieces that they need, and they get the players to fit those spots.
1: Incredibly, you want to know what else, Chris? Terry Rozier has three more years on his contract. How often are we on here talking about guys making 33, 36, 39, 46, 60 million dollars? Terry Rozier is under 30 million dollars all three of these next years, 25 mil. Yeah, even if he doesn't completely work out for the Heat, that's still a movable contract, and if he plays great for the Heat and another superstar wants to come down to Miami, guess what else Rosier does? He's a nice little piece you can send somewhere. This is so perfect for the Heat, and it makes me so mad.
0: Yeah, no, it is an absolutely great trade for them. And even though that, that protected 2027 pick turns into an unprotected one in 2028, they don't care about that pick now. You know, that's too far on down the line and miami is a place that is known yeah, can you
1: guarantee cons- me pat riley's still gonna even be running the heat in 2028 he don't care that's why he shifted out
0: well no but they can still get big name free agents to come to miami it's not like a minnesota or a indiana you can't always get that big name free agent to come there miami can
1: yeah so pacers made a big move getting there siakam the heat made a move getting uh lowry we got two weeks until the NBA trade deadline. We'll be talking a lot more about that as we progress. The MVP table will come up here as we need a little bit more space. But we're never, ever, ever, ever going to get rid of one of our favorite segments here on the fast break. The way that we usually tend to end every podcast, we go to our guy, Chris King, with Kings Hardwood Hierarchy. Dun, 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 dun.
0: All right, Rod. We're going to have a change this week, and I know you're not happy about it. But but they lost at home. It's inevitable.
1: It's inevitable. They
0: lost at home, and even though that's still a a loss to a defending champion. All right, that's there's another team out there that has just been been proving how good they are, and they have climbed atop their uh, their conference. All right, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. All right, they're going to be the Kings this week.
1: Yeah, that's fair. We've been talking around Oklahoma City all year long. They've been coming in at the Queen a little bit. We've been talking about how they've been hot, and it's fair. I can't I can't deny the Oklahoma City Thunder. They just don't have weaknesses. They got dogs. They got athletes. They got three-point shooting, and they have an absolute mid-range killer, which we all know works in the playoffs. People should be afraid of Oklahoma City, Chris. I love this pick here.
0: Yeah, no. they are, They are legit. They are here to stay. I don't see them falling off.
1: They still also, if they wanted to, they got like 30 draft picks. They could ship three of them out of town and get one other guy to add to that rotation. It'd be no sweat off their back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the way that team is constructed, though, right now is still just about as, as good as you can get. The way Chet has showed up this year as essentially his first year has just been phenomenal for them.
1: Who do we got in the queen seat?
0: All right, so there was a different team in that seat until maybe 15 to 20 minutes ago. All right. Uh, I'm going to put Boston there. They're still top team in the East. Um, this other team is going to uh, be a, a we're going to have two princes again this week. All right. The spin doctor spot. Love it. All right. I'm 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 still going to put the 76ers as a Prince. All right. They had one seven in a row before uh tonight uh as we're recording this but but they've been playing very well
1: joel Embiid got 70 0
0: yeah yeah that's that's why he's a he's a favorite for the mvp or one of the favorites for the mvp all right he won it last year and he's playing even better it's 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 crazy all right and and here's here's another prince for you all right another team that has gone on a winning streak as of late they've won 7 in a row we talked about their main star earlier and this is the Phoenix Suns
1: Yeah they really have I I made fun of the Phoenix Suns all year long I've given our guy Matthew Kazerski aka Wu-Tang numerous amounts of guff for spending an insane amount of money on Bradley Beal and he may be getting the last laugh here, just like he's getting the last laugh on me with Chet Holmgren. So I guess what I'm saying, Wu-Tang, is if you listen, your basketball opinions are becoming validated. Perhaps you should try to come back on the fast break. Just just because Beal is performing doesn't mean he was quite worth what
0: Wu-Tang paid. All right, Rod? We all saw that number. It was outrageous, folks. All right. Now, now, Rod, for our jester, our I need to ask you a question first, all All right. right? I'll, I'll do my best. All right. Can you... Tell me if you've heard of this player or know what team he plays for. Nikhil Alexander Walker.
1: Definitely heard of the guy. I believe he was in Minnesota at one point. Started his career in New Orleans, I believe. But where he is right now is Washington? Minnesota, Rod.
0: He's Uh... still in Minnesota, all right? But this guy, right? Minnesota. We know some players in Minnesota. This isn't a player we know, all right? Even though he starts for Minnesota as their point guard, all right? He was the second leading scorer for Minnesota when they lost to Charlotte, Rod, at home, all right? All right? They, they lost to Oklahoma City a couple nights before. That was a tough game, you know, and they had to beat Charlotte to stay in control of the Western Conference final with that number one seed. And you lose to Charlotte at home, and this guy's your second leading scorer.
1: Although Cat had 62, and he got benched. I mean, that's <laughs> something else that kind of was sneaky about that game. Cat had 62, and their coach was like, nah, we got to sit you down. Finchie was like, nah, we're better without you out there, Carl Towns. I mean – jesters
0: all right i, get, listen, I love <laughs> the jesters
1: we tell people all the time that the king's hardwood hierarchy has to do with the previous week's play all right we know minnesota's record is one of the best in the west but the way they've looked over the last week in just that game alone i totally support your move of putting them here in the jester court
0: yeah yeah i was i was like i was like listen that okc game that they lost right before that was tough all right that's a, we talked about them they're the kings this week all right and they all Minnesota had to do was not lose to Charlotte and Washington, and Which they lost usually to Charlotte.
1: Yeah, it's usually <laughs> pretty easy to not lose to Charlotte and Washington, but somehow Minnesota pulled it off. So you know what you get for your troubles? A jester spot. <laughs> right. And is there anyone else that deserves jester this week, or are we ready to close up shop here? Oh, no, 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 that's, that's, that's enough shame for this week. You are correct, my friend. Jimmy Jam, we got it done in just about 50 minutes, my friend. We missed you. Jimmy will be back next week. We will have some all-star game festivities nearing closer to talk about. The reserves will be out before we tape. Maybe we'll know who's going to be in the dunk contest. Maybe we'll know who's going to be in the three-point contest. All of that stuff. We can talk about it next week. We have a wrestling show, though, Chris, that's out and available in this very feed right now that people may want to check out because there's a big deal coming up this weekend.
0: Yeah, there is a big premium live event, Rod. It's everybody's really favorite premium live event it is the royal rumble coming up this weekend it is big we have two royal rumbles the men and the women's and then we have a couple title matches to go along with it all right so wild wild weekend
1: check out me chris and jimmy with the yeah we know show in this feed the one available for you before this one we will be back next week i am rod saying thanks for listening and chris as always you have the final word goodbye internet